Hi, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, we welcome Alexi Coral, the associate head coach at the University of Illinois, Chicago. Alexi moved to the U.S. from the Ukraine when he was in high school and went on to play collegiately at Indiana University. He made three College Cup appearances and guided the Hoosiers to back-to-back national titles as a junior and a senior. Coral concluded his collegiate career at Indiana in 1999 as the leading point scorer in NCAA tournament history and the fourth highest point scorer in the illustrious history of Indiana University soccer. Alexi was recently inducted into the Indiana University Athletics Hall of Fame. After college, Alexi went on to be the fifth pick in the 2000 MLS Super Draft by the Dallas Burn. It was a real privilege for Justin Chesham, who's a men's coach at Christopher Newport University and a and I to have Alexi on the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Please remember to subscribe and review our podcast and follow us on social media. Also, send any comments or questions through matchplayrecruit.com. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty neat to see that. I mean, you know, Nate, uh, I remember as a kid, I was getting interested in college soccer at the time and uh, UVA was winning all the championships and, uh, you know, right, right a couple hours away from home. And uh, I remember seeing Claudia Reyna's name and then the guy Nate friends. And it was, it was neat. He was, he was at our camp with his son and got to chat with him a little bit. He knew every name, not just, he didn't know of the name. He goes, Oh yeah, I, I still talk to that guy or I talked to this guy. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. You hear it all the time that the, the college world or the soccer world, I mean, is such a small world. And uh, you know, now that I'm, I'm getting to know you, I bet you I could call you to reach somebody i mean it's the the yeah yeah the degree of separation it's probably like two to get a hold of pep guardiola i mean yeah i'm probably <laughs> phone calls away from that guy it's a such a small world i don't know yeah. if you take my call but i think i can get his phone number at least <laughs> yeah that probably you probably true especially early like in the i think college soccer was a little bit different as you might might know in like in the 90s i feel it was a little bit closer you know now now there is so many schools that when I played, I don't even heard about it, you know, like yeah. even I'm, I'm working at UIC at the time, I really didn't hear about that much, even though they, you know, in, in, in the late nineties, they went to a sweet 16, you know, they went to a uh, round, second round of tournament. You just, you know, we kind of just concentrated on our stuff, but, and they had some unbelievable players here. So yeah. when I started working, I started realizing, I mean, they had JD Merritt for, you know, one of the, top guys for play for us so it, it, it's crazy it's crazy how it's uh but i felt like at that time you, you had your 20 to um to 30 top top teams that can win it yeah now i'm telling you well look at it marshall two years ago anybody mm-hmm. can anybody d1 anybody can win with the portal the way the recruiting is with the foreign people now coming in you can you can just anybody honestly when when's the last time you went into a match going like oh yeah we're gonna win this game this is an easy game i mean it's probably been years and years and years i mean no easy games after the so tight now yeah it's awesome it makes it makes for better it makes for better competition and you know it's 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 just better all around i agree absolutely it's the best part of this game probably yeah so um let me introduce everybody um so i have uh Justin Chesham here. He is the uh, head men's soccer coach at Christopher Newport University. He's been on here a bunch of times, so um, you know I don't need to introduce him too much. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And then uh, also joining us, we're pretty lucky to be joined by um, Alexi Coral, who is the associate uh, men's soccer coach, associate head men's soccer coach at University of Illinois at Chicago. Um, have to thank David Marmon for making that connection. Um, sorry, you have to work with him. Uh, it's it's got to be the him. best. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Alexi, your soccer resume is uh, pretty lengthy. Um, so maybe we can, you know, kind of uh, unpack that a little bit and talk a little bit about the steps you've gone through through your life to uh, get to where you are. And then we can talk about, you know, University of Illinois, Chicago and your recruiting strategies and all that stuff. So um, you were Justin and I, we talked funny to you. So um, you're you're from the Ukraine and you came here as a teenager. Um, maybe talk about uh your youth experience in the Ukraine and, um, you know, who you played for and, and how you ended up here. So, uh, started like we all do at a young age, very, very, very young. You know, my dad was a soccer player, so kind of put me into this, but it's not that he just put me in. I really love the game. You know, that was, that was, we had no toys. We had nothing. So we had, a. Uh, couple soccer balls and you know we kind of fell in love with that um so by the age uh 13 i was recruited by dinamo kiev which is a top top academy and in the soviet society was top academy you know not just ukraine was the ussr we, we had a top team out there so i was lucky enough we played against them coaches scouted me brought me in so i went to like a boarding school almost you know at age 13 i left my house and went to a city of Kiev, live out there, go to school, uh, almost like a college student in age 13. But we train, we eat meals, but everything else was was for me there. Um, obviously, we traveled quite a bit. We did a lot of tournaments uh, outside of just playing, you know, USSR League and, and playing in Ukrainian championships. We, we traveled outside of it and uh, we came to America and... Um, in 91, I believe, 90 or 91, we, we, we came here and stayed uh, up state Rochester, New York, um, and uh, stayed with the host families. That was uh, uh, 20 days. Um, we had a great time when I went back home. Um, my, um, obviously, uh, the Soviet Union break down lots of uncertainty in the country and and whatnot um so my family and then auto families connected contacted our our families and and asked us if you want to come to america and experience this lifestyle and everything else um so 10 of us left the dinamo kiev club and and kind of committed all at the different times um but all came in and stayed the host families out there um and um that's how I got to America at age 15 and 93, I believe I was, I was here. Um, so that was, that was, that, that's how I got here, you know, but, uh, as far as Dynamo Kiev youth club was, I mean, it's, it's a top notch program where, where it's either, you know, it's, it, we go there to, to be a professional athlete. That's, 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 that's the main goal of the academy. Um, so pretty much everything I learned as far as, as far as basics was, was in there. You know, first touch, understanding of the game, you know, just this kind of a how to shoot, how to do things. They educated you pretty well out there. Um, you know, you always were around a first team. We were ball boys for the first team. We would come in and, and see there, you know, and at that time, um, 
the stadium was a hundred thousand people. We would come in and you kind of in the pop, you know what I mean? And that this, the stadium sold out quite a bit at that time. Um, so we kind of, you know, that, that's, that's how that's my education started out there. Obviously when I came to America, I was rude awakening when I went to a high school in upstate New York <laughs> was not the greatest high school. You know, I had a great coach. I had a great guy. He was a Scottish guy who actually understood the game. So I was lucky in that part. But the competition was terrible. I remember there is some games I was uh, the games I was telling him like, listen, um, let me just score a couple goals, take me out. I go for a three mile run, I'll get better out of it. You know what I mean? Than just playing a game against <laughs> the cones. You know what I mean? At, at some 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 games were really good. You know what I'm not saying, but uh, a lot of it was 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 kind of um. And at that time, ODP was the only only big thing. And us being Ukrainians at the time, we were not really can go through the through the chain and go all the way up where we needed to go. So we went to and we did a couple uh, training sessions, but uh, high school and a club soccer what what was the biggest biggest thing for us before I went to a college. But my family, my American family, is 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 great family. They treated me like a son till this day. We are we are very close. I come see them a couple times a year. They come see me, so. We are on top. Great, great people took a chance on a kid that uh, coming from a Soviet society, which was two different worlds at that time. You know what I mean? And and uh, and give me a home, give me, give me, give me this this uh, opportunity. You know, uh, and my parents being so brave, letting me go at that time. That's that's incredible. How 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 them for, for you know what I mean? Not you know, it was really hard for them to let it go. The kid, it you know. And it's not like at that time we had uh, cell phones and and uh, FaceTimes and everything else. I, I called them twice a month. That's how it was. That's the communication was. Yeah. So from that, we went to Indiana. We got recruited. We were pretty much. Uh, well, hold on. Hold on. We, okay. we got to talk a little bit more about, uh, okay. about, you know, before you came to the United States. Let's get to Indiana okay. in a minute. Um, yeah. So, like you talk about, you you got on with a, a really major European. Well, now I would say it's a European club. Um, it plays in the Champions League all the time. I yeah, mean, yeah. there's a really rich tradition in that club. Um, what was the the training like? And you know, maybe talk about um, for us as people who you know see that from afar. We can make some assumptions as to maybe what that was like. You know, there's all the movies out now about, you know, even like the Rocky movie way back, you know, when they were juicing up Drago and all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, so what was the environment like? And, you know, was it really you know, strict? Was it, you know, what was the training like? And then maybe contrast that from how the training is we, or was when you came to the U.S. and, and, and that sort of thing. So the training, like I said, lots of basic stuff. You know, they did not complicate the game. You know, obviously, Valeria Labanowski was the coach of of a first team. And if you guys, you know, I may be a center, you guys can Google it. He was with the Runes Mikkels from the Holland. They were the people who talk about total game, you know, total soccer, all that stuff. You know, we're talking about Pep and all these guys talking now. That was way before them, you know what I mean? That... uh, the problem with with the with the uh, Dynamo Kiev, he couldn't buy any players. You had to come in whatever you had to grow. That's what they come in, you know. It's, so it it's it, it was a little bit harder for for those team to um to play 
let's say certain styles because you know they couldn't buy it. like in right now you look at you know all these teams they bind players that that suit their style of plays at that time you just whatever you grow so my training was a lot of basics i'm talking about a first touch concentration, you know, proper weight technique on the ball. We did a lot of technical stuff as far as, you know, 12, 13, you know, 14 years old. It, 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 it Game was not really complicated. I mean, they, what we did after the games, you know, at, at that age, you know, we had no videos, nothing. Our coach would sit down and go through every single player after every single game. I can't believe what crazy memory he had. He would remember every single player every game. And, and it's like, you know, you coming in and you're like, oh, you did a couple of good things, but you know you did a couple of not great things. And he would remember that. He would tell you. He would not be hiding about. You know, he it would be a, a pretty much direct conversation. You know, it's like you want to improve. You need to hear this, you know. Um, the communication was much different than its communication now. I mean, it was, was you know, it's it's strict. It's kind of a, like a, not angry, but, you know, it was, was, was really... Um, Let's say some words were used when I was 13, 14 years old towards me. I cannot use it uh, with some of the college. And, and that's how it was, you know. But we knew that that's how it's going to be there. That's it. that's how the society was at, at that time. So so we did a lot like a board work, you know what I mean, which would stay like a chalkboard. I would say, you know, they would break the game down. You know, they would they would um, try and help us out where, where to go, where to places to go, like at that age, you know, and without – Without a technology, that's that was the the main thing. You know what I mean? Where where you would have to, you know, actually, old ways you erase it, you put it back, you know, that type of stuff. So, um, but like I said, was a lot of basic stuff. Trying to trying to play it um, the way the first team was. But the main thing we watch the games, which which nowadays I feel like with all the YouTube, everything else is just the highlights. At that time, we would watch the game in full. You watch the game in full. You, you're trying to understand why people move in certain ways, why why this is happening, you know. Um, so it was, would be a game of the week or whatever it is. So, like, everybody would watch it, you know. Right now, I can turn on TV and I can watch soccer all day long. There is channels. There is ways to do At that time, you kind of are like, you wait for that moment. Okay, there is a 7 p.m. Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. I have a game. I have to watch it. And that's how, for me, it was the biggest learning learning. With, with with the coaches' messages, but then watching the game and trying to replicate what what was happening in the game, and you know what I mean, and understand it. Uh, which I think what I was learning the game was, uh, yeah, more so through the video, you know, watching watching actual games. It was yeah. uh, was was the biggest thing I felt like in my development was was actually understanding the game from a uh, from watching a game, not just coming in and 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 trying to uh, uh, just training because. That was big part, you know. That was a technical, technical part of that was was big. But uh, understanding of the game, where to make runs, how to make runs, um, for me, that was that was watching games in full was the biggest thing. And I feel like it's 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 different nowadays with the kids now. Even even with our college kids, sometimes we'll just send them clips of videos, you know, of that. Um, and at, at times I feel like they should just watch the whole game just to see, I mean, because it's very important to me. Like, I feel like even let's say throwing what the guy does when, when things happen in the throne, what, if the people organize and if the people are where they are, are they clicking off or they clicking in? So small little like this, that's for me, that could be a winning moment in a game. 
So that was emphasized for me at, at the younger age, at least. I, I understood if I want to go places, I need to understand more of a game and totality. Um, I was an offensive player, so I watch a lot offensive things, you know what I mean? Um, maybe defensively, I was not as as understanding, let's say, certain things, but offensively, how to make runs, when to make runs, um, you know, I, I, I went to play between the lines. I feel like uh, um, from watching watching certain players, certain games, it was really, really helpful to me. I'll tell you what, man, that, that last thing you just said about your movement is it's such it's something that just it, at least here i mean I, i've played against some you know international teams that come on tour here or when i played uh overseas in some tournaments that was the biggest difference i mean you know you, you'll you'll come across technical players all over the world but the ones that like know where to move to get wide open even some some of them i mean i always think of like carlos valderrama who I felt like he never left the center circle. He was the one never. of the best players in the world. And for some reason, nobody marked him. Like, how is this guy always open? And he was just smarter than everybody. He just knew where to go and where to move. And, and I'll tell you, speaking of famous players from, you know, a few years ago, did you play with, with uh, Shevchenko? I mean, were you teammates? Did you play against him? I mean, what's what's his story? So Shevchenko was 1976. I won 1977. Right. So he had his own group. I had my own group. We did a couple scrimmages, um, but I, the way the way it was, you know what I mean. I was I was with a, um, uh, so when we traveled, we traveled 77, 75, you know, 76, 70, 78. So like that's wow. that's how the traveling groups were. But we knew he was, you know what I mean. Uh, he was not a big star at the time. The crazy part, he was, he was not even the best striker on his team, but at the younger age. They had another kid who was really, really good. He uh, did something to his knee right at the age of 17, right when they were graduating, right they coming in, and then Shava just took over, and then it's that that's uh, that was the part of it. Um, that he just he just it's the timing. It's a crazy thing. It's about the timing too, and a great you know he got the opportunity, and at age 18 he was dominating the Ukrainian league. 19. That's crazy how it worked. That's like here in America, it's the story of Tom Brady started like that. I mean, Tom Brady is everybody thinks he's the greatest football player ever. And yes, he is. Uh, everybody forgets that Drew Bledsoe was the number one overall pick in the draft yeah. and was the starting quarterback and had taken the team to the Super Bowl, you know, a, a few years before that. And uh, he gets knocked out of a game. Tom Brady's thrust in and all of a sudden he's you know, seven Super Bowls later. We're, we're talking I about mean, him. I mean, the greatest. Yeah opportunities strikes and you know it's such a great lesson it's like you better be ready you just never know we yeah. we can say it till we're blue in the face but to have concrete examples like shevchenko and tom brady it's like you know, obviously we're talking on a college soccer level a much different level but it's it's the same idea that that kid could go down if you've been assuming you're not ever going to play well then there you go you're you're not going to be prepared you have to you have to stay ready that's for sure and and but that's that that's where the mental part comes in with the kids you know it, it is such a hard thing to sit on a bench and, and, and be in that role. But if you have right support, if, if the right communication is happening to you and you're getting proper, proper instructions and, and you know, wait for your chance, some things can happen. Mm -hmm. I had I had over my now that I'm coaching since 2006, you know, we had guys who were not involved and then become in such integral part of the team that you were like, 
here is the example you know the continuous work continues getting ready um you get an opportunity you get in so yeah it, it happens all the time talking about tom brady i hate the guy because i'm a bills fan but Sure. Yeah, been destroying us for years, but the, the greatest for me, it's it's incredible, incredible. Right. But just again, again, it's it's mentality, you know. It, it it it's what what it takes. The greatest to have this different type of craziness in the brain, where sets them apart. Oh yeah. Um. As an aside, you know, everybody here is an American football fan. Everybody here is a, a football fan why what's the difference in the fandom of a, a soccer team versus the fandom of an NFL team? I mean, is it because like the, the, the clubs are in neighborhoods and people grow up with it and, and that sort of thing? I mean, I just feel like there's, there's a different type of passion for, for European, well, not just European, but world soccer versus American football. What was your experience like as growing up, you know, being a fan of soccer overseas? In Europe is like the only game is soccer. You know, that that that's that's one thing. We have basketball, we have a little bit of hockey, but the main thing is football. That's it. You play yeah. soccer, football, we call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, it's it's just the, the government knows about it. You know what I mean? Every supports it. You know what I mean? Like uh uh, in a Soviet society, you know, it's that's how it is. We put, you know what I mean? The, the, the sports were uh, the element of expressing the country in a, in, a, in a positive way. And the soccer was the biggest game. So it was, it was I don't know, it, it, it is crazy. I mean, you go to a football game and you got a lot of people don't even pay attention. And so it's about go getting a, a proper beer or whatever it is. And MLS fans some way like this, right? Still, still in the, in the same rhythm. You go into the game and you see, uh, let's say... Chicago plays uh, uh, well, Charlotte, and then you got people wearing a Ronaldo jersey. You know, you're not gonna see that in Europe. You're going to a Liverpool against Man City. That's gonna be th those are gonna be two colors. Is gonna be wearing that. Ain't gonna be no other jersey. No national mm -hmm. team jersey. No anything. I just feel like it's just it's just a passion craziness about about people out there. Here, I think it's just the social events sometimes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big you know Bills fan and whatnot, but I'm you know I. You know, here it's about more of a pain in the faces. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a tailgate is a big thing. You know, it, it, we're in Europe is just a game. This is the most important thing. We go into the game, people watching the game. If you see it, if you look at it, like, you know what I mean? It's just a lot more people tune into. But I really, I don't know why it's, I mean. Yeah. Um, Cheesy, I see you making notes. You have stuff you want to ask? Yeah, I was I was checking out your roster and I was looking at your bio the other day and um, your, your roster is super interesting to me uh, to dive into the recruiting side of things. I, yeah. You're a state school. And so I'm assuming it's just like our state school. Your Illinois kids are going to be spending a lot less than a California kid. And so Correct. I look at your roster, and you have a ton. I mean, half your roster are kids from Illinois. Uh, you only have two or three out of state kids. And then the other half would be international. Um, you know, maybe looks looks like you have a few transfers, maybe some D2 kids or something like that in AIA. Um, right. Can you kind of dive into that? I mean, what is your recruiting niche? What do you guys look for? Where are you sprinkling your money around? And, you know, kind of what's your general theme on how to bring players in and fill your roster? So uh, 
we all involved in recruiting, but Minos, our, our aura assistant, Minos Lamakis, is, is incredible in, in, as far as recruiting. The guy knows every player in, in Chicago, and he is so spot on it. I mean, as you know, you need to have players. You can be an unbelievable coach, but if you don't have players, you, you, you ain't going to win anything. Right. So Minos has been unbelievable as far as finding players from all over the world. Um, but in Chicago, what we do, Chicago have so many players. That's one thing about Chicago. You have so many, you have three academies, right? Which is, you know, uh, on any given year, they can win a national championship. So you have just from that alone, you have so many kids in just right. in the city of Chicago. Then you have such a, a high level of uh of a club football over here. There is a couple teams that we always look after in the summers and stuff like that. Um, Minos, because he knows he grew up here. He was raised in Chicago. He knew, he knows every referee, every, every, every uh, high school coach, you know what I mean? So his phone ringing anytime there is something special comes around. So we like our Chicago kids. We like our, um, our, our bread, you know what I mean? Right here, what we have here. And that's why we don't really recruit outside of Chicago too much as far as American, American kids, you know, because we have plenty sure. of them here. Also, the importance for us is just to know the character of the kid. He can be special, but if that uh, character is not right, and sometimes if you're recruiting a kid out of state, you might not get to know him. Here, you know, the kid can come to your games, you know, we can have conversation left and right. Uh, we can we can talk to their coaches because we do have a better, better relationship with, with let's say, coaches and stuff like that. So, Right. Um, for us, character is, is a big thing because as much as uh, we look for the footballers, we also look for the guys who are, are, are good apples, you know what I mean? Who's not going to uh, kill the locker room. And, and um, so Chicago is, is, is a prime because, like I said, we have a lot of kids that can play football in this, in this, in this uh, city, but also we get to know them on a personal level. And then we get the foreign because it's, it's the way to get uh, – couple special players um and as you know nowadays portal is crazy oh yeah portal changed the recruiting <laughs> i mean we get uh probably 30 emails a day you know as a college coaches with different guys and the guys going on the portal and and uh um and a lot of them foreign going in and portal you know what i mean so that that's that's our order part going to uh, this uh, big showcase showcases in europe and then portal so um, that's how we've been operating as far as our recruiting. But like I said, uh, Minos has done a great job as far as finding out all that, what needs to be done to bring the kid here. Uh, you know, you, you highlighted the Chicago kids and you, I mean, you're right. There's a ton of talent in that area. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the college schools, I mean, your D3 landscape is, I mean, North Park yeah. has, a, yeah. I mean, they're an incredible program. Chicago just won it and yes. uh, won the national title and University uh, North Central is up and coming. They've won a bunch of games this oh, year. So yeah. You know, and not all those kids are from Chicago, but just the you know the you know the Chicago soccer in general is such a high level. And it is. Uh, it's interesting what you said about the local kids, and it's such a true thing. I mean, you know, here at CNU, we're we're a state school. We don't have the the scholarship stuff, so I'm not you know pulling kids right. from all over the world to bring them in for you know a good scholarship, but. I have to do well in Virginia and specifically I want to do well locally. You know, if there's a great kid locally, I want him. And there's like an extra sense of pride. I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, this year I'm bringing in four kids at 
you know, five, if you include the kid that moved away uh, later in his high school life that grew up around here. I mean, they already had seen you soccer shirts from the, right. you know, being right. kids. And, you know, so there's that sense of pride and, uh, you know, you bring in these Chicago kids and I know that Chicago people are very proud of their city and uh, you guys got good sports there. Uh, a little, little down now as a bears fan, I'm a little, right. a little worried, Blackhawks fan, a little worried, but you know, they're, they're up and coming. They, they love their sports teams. And, uh, you know, you, you need that. You need that extra sense. You need that extra, that extra push. I mean, that kid's going to put on a jersey that says Chicago on it. He's going to be like, all right, you know, this is yeah. my town. I love this place. And uh, you're going to get that little extra nudge out of them. Some of the best teams we ever had at CNU, we were littered with kids that were local, that had been to our youth camps yeah. as little kids. And they had CNU soccer shirts as like an eight-year-old. I mean, those there's a sense of pride. It really, it's, it, it goes a long way and it, it does influence our recruiting. Absolutely. And, and they do want to be there. That, that's another thing. One thing about Chicago, because we have um, a lot of first, first uh, generation kids coming to college. So a lot of uh, uh, Latino population here, you know, and they like to stay home. They like to stay closer to the, to the family. So mm -hmm. for the longest time, we had a lot of, a lot of kids in, in that, in that, um, kind of a status that they would come to us. Um, they wanted to be home. They want to be closer, but they also want to experience proper football, which which if anybody watch us play, we're trying to do the things the, you know, the right way. I don't know what the right way is. You know, I guess it's winning is the right way. But mm -hmm. we're trying to play. We're trying to play. We're trying to make sure the kids enjoy, enjoy the game while working on winning every day. So we're trying to have that balance. Um, plus, we have an unbelievable stadium. I mean, we just had Chelsea and Dortmund coming in training with us last couple of days. They wow. were in town. Um, any team that comes in town that the U.S. was training before the Gold Cup, before their match. So our stadium and our grass pitch is, is top, top level. So um, local kids do want to stay because of that environment. Uh, we have three colleges here in this, four colleges now, Chicago State, uh, we have Loyola, we have DePaul and Northwestern, you know, we're the only grass field with the, with the proper grass field. We're not talking about grass field that youth plays, you know what I mean? If you ask a kid now, what do you want to play, turf or, or grass, they'll say, some of them, oh, we're playing in turf. Then they come and see our grass and they'll be like, no, that, that's a proper grass. All that's the time. A, that's a golf course, you know what yeah. I mean? So let's, so that, that helped us out as far as, as far as keeping some top, 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 um chicago kids in the area yeah uh so, so we're, we're you know we're about to kick off into preseason i know you guys uh i'm yeah. sure our kids are already in, in in town and moved in and you know whether you're i don't know if you're what your date is to start but i know your boys are already getting together and working monday, out monday yeah going to be around each other so i, I want to ask you and this is uh a little selfish on my end because maybe i can learn some things as well but you know tell me you know first how do you evaluate day one, day two, early on? I mean, I've, I've heard of coaches saying, oh, the first day all we do is play because I want to see where everybody is and I want to start kind of funneling everything in to what I want to build from there. And they want to start evaluating. You got a lot of young kids, maybe a bunch of new players. I need to see where we stand. But you also see a lot of coaches that will say, no, we need to start teaching who we are first and then seeing how they do inside that system before we start the evaluating evaluation process so you know why don't you kind of talk about your first two or three days in the preseason what that looks like maybe some fitness stuff going on in there you know tell me tell me what that looks like and you know what a kid can expect at your level so 
number one, you guys had David on 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 a podcast. He is the biggest the biggest difference maker for us is going to be this year. Reason why? As you know, preseason is very short. Within ten days, you have a first regular season game. Yep. If the kids comes in unfit, you are behind no matter what you do with the kids. Yep. You are prone to get a lot of injuries. You got, you got, you want to work on, uh, on, on, and you want to put physical work into them. You can't do it because they're not at that level. Um, so David, for the last three weeks, we, he's, he's been, it's a voluntary workout, but like I said, we're talking about committed kids. Our, our captains organize it where they come in and they are working out with him every day, you know, Monday through Friday, they weekends off, whatever they show up, obviously we cannot monitor, but David is a strength and conditioning coach. He can prepare them as far as that. So in the past, what we have done it, this is going to be, um, uh, you know, this way it's going to be the first year. So. Um, we have in the past, we've done uh, a first day would have been a uh, some kind of a running test just to see where they are as far as the physical, where they are as far as a, um, you know, what their condition is. But for me in those tests, it's not necessary condition. What I look at those tests is, is, is yeah, condition one thing, but the guts is another one. You know what I mean? What for me is important is, 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 is a kid dropping off, let's say we have a beep test and, and let's say we have a level 90 they got to get to. Is he going to drop off at 9 as soon as he hit it or is he going to push himself until he's completely gone? For me, that's 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 what I'm looking at those type of, if you're doing a running test. All right? And then right away, we're trying to prepare it, the kids for how we're going to play. Because um, uh, as we're talking about, the preseason is so short, the kids need to understand which way we're going to be playing we got to identify if is it going to be um because in the past we have done three five two four three three you know what i mean we have to identify the players that is going to be playing in those roles yep. and then kind of stick with that and trying to educate them educate them on which way we're going to be going but we also don't mind to uh, give them education as far as couple different different ways of playing um just in case, right? Tactically, you can change it. Uh, depends on the opponent or depends on the, what the result in the game is. You know what I mean? If it's a 70 minute, do you go a little bit more uh, offensive when you need a goal? You know what I mean? Or you, you know, maybe bring some in if it's 80 and you're trying to hold on to the lead. So we're trying to educate guys as far as uh, what 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 is the tactical adjustments could be. Because I think it's big. now. now nowadays, is when I grew up, tactics were... Uh, Pretty simple. There was two tactics: four four two, flat four four two, or three five two. Nowadays, you know, you got you got diamond, you got you know, you got three five two, you got four three three, four five one, whatever you wanted. Two pivots, one pivot. You know what I mean? It 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 is it is so many different ways you can play. So we're trying to identify what is the best for this group because um, we bring thirteen new guys. So first couple of days, we gotta see who actually can do a job for us. Yeah, we had five guys coming in in spring, which we know, but again, they were not in the in the really really you know in the preseason mode, and now we bring in eight more guys, so thirteen new players. We need to figure out what would be the best way for us to play. We have certain views on it. We already, as a coaching staff, we talked about it. Um, how maybe a couple different um, tactical ways we want to play, but 
again until we see them in the first couple of days until we identify well this kid maybe we thought maybe can play but when he's with us he's a little bit different you know what i mean so it, it is it is putting them together it's the first week is we could adjust we have first couple of days maybe line up but then after that there may be a little bit of adjustment on how we're doing as far as where we at is is as 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 a group you know what i mean um I know okay. there is a lot of coaches, they have their ways and they wanted to, but I feel like if you have one or two injuries and you have an unbelievable left back, you know what I mean, and he's uh, pulled his hamstring, you might have to change tactically for that. Maybe okay. he's now, the, maybe instead of four in the back, you're going three in the back and you got, you know what I mean? So you, you first couple of days, we're going to identify that and then trying to apply the tactical. So before our first uh, preseason game, we have, understanding how we want to play yeah i'm glad you uh you know you, you you highlighted the strength and conditioning aspect i mean oh, it's big one of the things i noticed about my guys uh you know i think we have an incredible program here and in our, our head our coach that works with our players um does a, an amazing job and i kind of giggled this year i looked at our guys in our spring game uh we only get one in division three one specific game we do we highlight scrimmages through mm -hmm. uh training sessions but one game we're playing with William and Mary and I'm looking at my freshmen and it made me giggle how different they looked in you know an April scrimmage versus what they looked like when they checked in in August uh just a mm -hmm. few months earlier I mean I've had a lot of parents say to me you know what'd you do to my kid you know and it's it's a yeah, complicated yeah. question you know they, they look different they you all of a sudden you're noticing them in the locker room like taking the shirt off a little bit more and flexing <laughs> a little bit more in the mirror because they got muscles that they never had before. But I mean, talk about how important that is. I mean, these kids come in and they are 18 year old high school kids that, you know, didn't do the diet, didn't work out like this, you know, like they would in college. And they're playing against, especially in your world, transfers from division two NAIA, other division one programs. They're playing against men that have gone yeah. through this before and they are so far ahead of these incoming freshmen. And it, it's, it's even the same way for us without, you know, the, the high intensity, you know, the high intense look at these transfers or the international kids. And so if it's a big gap between just domestic American kids, I mean, talk about at your level in division one with international influence on your roster, how important it is for a kid, or maybe even what is your messaging to an Illinois in-state kid who's just been playing, you know, even at a high academy level, doesn't matter. They're coming in and they're going to be way behind unless yeah. they listen to this message from you. I mean, what do you think it is? What's the best thing for these kids to do before they check in? So to be, to be honest, uh, the way, the way it works with us, you know, as soon as the kid graduate, uh, they can have a physical with our, um, uh, with our uh, athletic trainer, they get mm -hmm. their physical and they can start coming in at this captain's voluntary workout. And the way we do, we know we, as soon as the kid is graduated from school, we give the phone number to a couple of the captains. Mm -hmm. And now it's it's based on our captains and the guys because we can monitor anything, right? It's NCAA, right. we cannot do it. So it's all about the kids trying to, because they understand also if I'm an upperclassman, I'm going to need my freshman to be ready to go. So they bring him in on board by themselves and they are... Uh, Whatever they do out there, I know David can work with them and he's done an incredible job with these guys. I mean, our players, I mean, they'll pop in in the office and they love the guy, you know what I mean? Because he's not just a, a 
provide them workouts, he's get after them. You know, he lets them know exactly what importance of, of the strength and conditioning, how important is it to develop certain, you know, base, you know what I mean, to be able to be faster, be 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 be, be quicker and all that stuff. Right. And he doesn't just train them, you know, to be a big, he's trained them to be a proper soccer player. So if they understand this part and they see that, okay, yeah, I need this, then it's, then it's like I said, also, you have to have a great character of the kid. That's why it's so important for us to get great, great kids with a great character. So they can understand that it's not just uh, being a technical on the ball. It's actually a uh, proper diet, proper, proper, um, proper fitness level. For me, is this. I always tell the player, if you're not playing because of your fitness level, you're not a disciplined kid. You're not a proper kid. You, you should not be involved in this, into, mm. into Division One soccer player. You shouldn't. You playing, you're not playing because of a coach's decision. It's a one thing. But because you are struggling, because you cannot run for more than 20 minutes, that that is a poor excuse to me. And maybe you have to look somewhere else. Um, as long as the kids can understand it, then 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 we'll we'll have a great understanding as a, as, as a program. How are you determining, you know, in the recruiting process, who has that mindset, who's got who possesses the discipline and and all of that? Well, you watch the games, right? You watch the games. And that's why I was saying, like, a lot of our American kids are the local kids. Yeah. You watch, you like the kid, you see, wow, this kid can do things on the field. I think he can fit us, you know what I mean? This, let's say, right back, he's up and down, he's box to box, he providing assist, he could defend 1v1. Okay, this kid is fit for program. Number one, you identify him as a soccer player. Second thing, you start com- conversation with them. You know, there is a conversation between him. You bring him on campus, you meet their family, you meet their, you know what I mean, quality bring siblings, whatnot, talking to their coach, and continuous con- conversations. And there is a couple kids that we really like. And then after conversation, we would come to the office and we said, you know what, he's a good kid, but I don't know if he's gonna, he's gonna fill the mold of the team. I don't know if he's a character that we're looking for. So it's it's nonstop. Do we hit everything 100%? No, obviously you're gonna make some, some kids will come in and then you might, you might think, okay, we made a mistake on this kid, that are gonna happen. But for most of the parts, we bring the kids that are, are because we are, We've done their homework on it. And like I said, our, our guy, Minos, he's, he's with these kids. He's, he's a technology guy. He sleeps with the phone, you know, so he's with them in constant communication. You know, right. he knows when they have the games. He'll call them, congratulate them, see how they react after a loss, see how they react after the win. He watches, watches the game. If I watch the game, I'll see if the kid comes out, how he comes off the field, how he's on the bench. You know, you're trying to look for the cues that, that you know what I mean? My 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 send you the right way or send you like okay no nah, no nah, maybe we we pushed away from this kid, let him go somewhere else. Um, so I guess yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah. Um. So let's go back a little bit to your background. Um, <laughs> you're getting okay. to uh, talking about Indiana and you know, maybe talk a little bit about your college experience and the way you were treated. Um and you know, we were just talking about how college players are treated now. Yeah. I mean, how were you treated? You came into a, a big time program. Um, so, yeah, maybe just kind of talk about that experience so, a little bit. Ten of us Ukrainians came to, to, to uh, Rochester area and then all of us went to a pretty good Division One school. Everybody, we were recruited pretty heavily, especially East Coast. And three of us went to Indiana University. Three of us, uh, all three of us ended up going professional, play a little bit in America. Um, so, 
why the reason I went to Indiana? Um, I had a lot of coaches coming in and I would sit on, you know, come to the house, sit on the couch um, into, or I would go to the visits and, you know, it was a lot of this talk, you know, you the main guy, you are the, um, you know, this is going to be this for you, this, 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 and almost like over, over, I guess in my mindset, I just needed to hear, I need a chance. When I went to Indiana, what the coaches are telling me said, listen, this is what I picture you playing. I totally want you understand that if you are coming the way we seen you, you're going to be this guy right here, but there is no promises. Mm-hmm. You come in, you got to earn, you got to, you got to do everything is expectation of this program. You know what I mean? We want you to be here. We're not looking at a lot of players. We want you to be here, but you need to be, um, and, and for me, that was bigger than say, you know what, you're going to come in and you're going to, this is your spot. This is yours. This is yours. I didn't want to hear that. I want to hear that. Okay. That means to me, every player who's coming through the program, they have to earn the spot, which means a competition, which means it's environment every day. That is okay. All right. It's not going to be easy today. Today's going to be hard. Training is going to be so hard that it's, it's, I'm going to be, games are going to be the easiest part of it. And that was mentality in, in Indiana. We, we had a great coaching staff. Um, you know, the guys were unbelievable. My teammates were great. Uh, the whole experience support staff was awesome, you know, from academics to, to, um, to you know, uh, strength conditioning coaches to uh, uh, athletic training. Everybody were on the same page, you know what I mean? The support system was so together. Uh, it's, it was hard, you know what I mean, hard hard to disappoint them, you know, in, in a sense of like, you know, there was so much commitment to that. Uh, coaches hold each other, hold us accountable every day. I mean, that was some of the hardest training session. And in those days, you know, the language was a little bit more rougher. You know what I mean? It was more straight up. Um, they let you know, was, was, you know, remind me a little bit of Ukraine as far as how we were treated as far as when you lose, you know what I mean? There were people were not smiling. There were people would not talking to you. It was about the next day of work. Um, the biggest development for me was in Indiana is is the defensive side of the game. The defensive, um, as, as a front runner, I learned quite a bit is how you are, is how you press the ball, how you are winning balls higher up the field, uh, giving your team chances a little bit higher. You know, you have to build throughout 15 passes to score a goal. You know what I mean? For me, it was understanding of, you work hard on this part, and then you always, I always thought about, if I work so hard, I'm not going to have any legs uh, on offensive side. Well, more conditioning, kid. Get on the freaking track shoes and freaking go because you need to do that. Now you're winning a ball 45 yards away from the, from the goal instead of, you know, trying to break down the defense all the time. So for me, that was, that was big, 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 big thing, you know, um, because – they were really, really hard. All the, all the, all the, all the coaching, all the guys were really, really tough as far as you know, understanding that it is complete team. There is nobody playing offense. Everybody plays defense. Everybody plays offense. We are total, total team as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was hard maybe my first, first couple months to because I was a little bit of a uh, just, just a goal scorer at the time. But in Indiana, it became complete package. Yeah. Um, you feel like, uh, Indiana was a little bit ahead of its time at that point. Um, you know, you guys won two national championships and you were 
you know, in the playoffs, all in the tournament all the time. Um, so do you feel like it kind of set the standard for programs going forward after that? So they won in, they won in the eighties and, uh, when they yeah. brought us, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they put pressure on us, but there was always talk about national championship, mm-hmm. national champ, Ukrainians, you're a little bit more creative. They kind of, they kind of, we brought a little bit of a creativity, a little bit of a different, different spice to the program where they were more, more of a, you know, hard blue collar team. Now you add three Ukrainians and they added a Serbian kid who was really, really special. Laz Olavani, he was also, was really, really special kid. Um, so you read, you, you brought a couple guys who can change the game as far as an offensive side. Um, so the expectation was to win a national championship. Every year that was a talk. And what happened to them in the 90s, obviously Virginia dominated. And then uh, in 94, I believe, to last in Virginia, to last to Virginia in the final game. So that was always talked about, you know what I mean? And uh, when we Ukrainians came in, we, we wanted to change that. We really, really wanted to, uh, I mean, we, we, we talk about national championship all the time, you know. But we live by that. That's that's the thing. Every day we, uh, we were not just talking about, we, we were at it every day. You know what I mean? Amount of, of uh, individual training sessions we put outside of a hard training session that we did with the full coaching staff is, is incredible. You know, you're trying to tell the kids nowadays, this is what it takes, you know what I mean? Where nobody's looking, where nobody, that's what you do the work. I think we did quite a bit of that. Maybe because we had a mind of it, not just winning the national championship, what's after that? Can we go professional after that? Can we do that? You know, we didn't really talk about when you were in Indiana because was all concentration was let's win a national championship and everything was going to come after. You just showcase your this way. You know what I mean? Things will come. You put up the proper numbers. People will look at you. Um, so, yeah, Indiana was it, it was great for me as far as as far as development into it. I, you know, obviously I came in very skinny. They put a proper, proper program in me as far as gaining the strength. Um, I think that was that was a big, big, big understanding because even growing up in Ukraine, obviously I was young. We did a lot of gymnastics. We did a lot of uh, flexibility work, you know, as far as to be, you know, get up at the ground really quick, you know what I mean? That type of stuff, you know. So gymnastic, a uh, little bit of dancing, that was that was that was helpful for us. Where in Indiana was strength and conditioning, developing your core was was big thing and I think helped me quite a bit to hold my ground against Big Ten at that time was really, really physical. Physical, it's like uh the big boys, you know, they would kick you all the time. So you had to be able to fight them through. Um so yeah, in that sense, they are developed me uh, to get to get an opportunity for me for the next level. Yeah, yeah. Indiana still has that reputation today. I mean, they're in the final yeah. four yeah. again, and uh, you know, to be the final four in Division One is an amazing thing. But they didn't win it, and so I'm sure they're sitting there like well, that wasn't good enough. You know, it's yeah, just, uh, it is. The yeah. message is to put a start. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That the message is to for every player they recruit. Ever since I was there, I was there for a coach for a year also. It's about. It's not about uh, looking pretty. It's not about uh, winning a, a Big Ten title. It's winning a big thing, and um, you know that's that's the, how the kids were wired when I was there. Um, what uh, when you guys? I mean, I'm sure you do alumni events. Uh, you know, when you guys all get together, whatever it is, and we do golf tournaments or we'll go to weddings or whatever. You know, there are now guys that have had a national championship. They put the star on their on their on their chest. But what's what's it like for the players that didn't 
that went there four years didn't put one on there. I mean, what 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 are those guys thinking? I mean, are they like, man, I, even though I played well or whatever, we won some conference tournaments, something like that, but I didn't win the big one. Is there like a – I feel like something's missing there, you know? Is there some you know, sort of like – I'm not sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're not sure because you won too, you know? I don't know. We, we, did, we did win, you know, so um, I'm, I'm sure they felt – they felt a little bit down, to be honest with you, because that was yeah. the mentality. Um, you know, I probably don't help them because I'll I'll knock them on their back and I said, guys, unlucky. Yeah. You know, had to be a little bit better, maybe spend a little bit more time with the ball, maybe work a little <laughs> bit more on the game. But, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a jokester when it comes to that stuff. Sure. Uh, if I was on the other side, yeah, I'd probably freaking be kicking people. But, you know, you can't win it every year. Not every team's going to win it. So that okay. has to be understanding too. You know what I mean? So it, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do. There is a lot of things got to go your way um, to win, to win. I mean, look at, look yeah. at like Argentina. When I'm looking at this year, three penalty kick shootouts to win a World Cup. You know what I mean? Things yeah. got to go your way. You know what I mean? You sure. got to get a little bit of lucky. You got to catch breaks. Um, you got to get that. Um, so... I mean, just to just for that program just to be in a conversation every year is is a is a is a pretty significant thing, you know. Um, winning is uh, the winningest college soccer coach of all time. The Division Three guy, Jay Jay Martin, out of Ohio yeah. West, still coaching. I mean, yeah, my God, the guy is uh, he's an awesome man too. But he's won two national titles, and he was asked, you know, like I mean, he's had some amazing teams. Like they could have won ten. And yeah. uh, he was asked, you know, like, what what happened? Why did those teams win the other other teams didn't? He said, luck. His answer was luck. I mean, he had a few bounces go his way, one here and one there. And a team That's got right. knocked out that had their number. And, you know, it just – he goes, we just had a few things go our way. I mean, he didn't say that those were his two best teams of all time. He just says those are the two teams that picked up the right bounces and, and finished it off. I mean, it's soccer. It's – I agree. The games are so low scoring and – Championships are won at a zero-zero scoreline. I mean, it's inches, inches. Oh, it's, it's crazy. The smallest. I, mean, I, 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 I'm, I can tell you about my. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I hundred percent agree. Luck. I used to, I used to. They would interview me in college, and everything they would say, "How did you score the goal?" I would say, "I got lucky." And honestly, I didn't want to answer question. You know what I mean? But I would, I would just kind of go on with that. They, they, they mm-hmm. had an article for me, "Lucky 13. So that's how I was. I was number 13. I would just say lucky. You know, I love that stuff. Obviously, you create your own luck. That's that's how I feel like. Because you work sure. so hard, the breaks are going to come your way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, our first national championship, we won there. Our first round, we barely got out of first round. That's, yeah. that's how close the game was. We come in, was over. Uh, Akron comes in. They, they hit the crossbar. Ball get dropped. We pick it up. We go opposite way. We get a game winner. First round. That's how close yeah. the game was. I mean, yeah. they scored that. The game's over. We are out of the first round. And then after that, you know, we just kind of picked it up. And, and when we got to actually to the final four, it was the easiest thing. We destroyed everything. Nobody can come yeah. close. But the, there is a certain amount of luck. I mean, think about inches, right? We're talking about crossbar. I yeah. mean, it goes under it again. That's it. We're crying and we are talking about failures. And, and we're talking about one of those guys that you mentioned not winning the championship. You know what I mean? Like our best team in '97, we went 23 and all, and we lost in the national semifinal game. Yeah. To the UCLA that we are destroyed completely. But I was at that game. You were at '97. I was, 
I was so at, when, it was in Richmond, right? It was in Virginia. In Richmond, in, I, I remember yeah. I had a sitter from six yards out. Yeah. I would score 99 out of 100, I swear. Mm -hmm. I, that, that shot, I, I, this is, ball came in right on my right foot, inside of the foot, I'm placing a side net. Before I shoot, Matt Reeves, he's already diving in there. He just took a gamble. Yeah. Picks it up, gets up. Not today. <laughs> yeah. And it's just one of those games. We pepper them, whatever it is, the best team. I would trade two of my national championship for that one. Because yeah. if you would have won it, we would have won 25 and no, nobody done it. No ties, no, no nothing, you know. And we were so damn good. Our team was, I mean, we were just... Yeah, I you remember so that game. I, I remember watching that game and saying to myself, I can't believe Indiana's not already up 2 3 nothing right now. Yeah. That was a good UCLA team. But it I was mean, unbelievable UCLA team. You was, got Romando and Reese as a goalkeepers, yeah. two freaking guys. Was that the was FIU on the other side? Were they the one that got to the, the final? No, Virginia. Virginia was on notice. So Virginia and Maryland. I believe Virginia uh, Virginia and Maryland. FIU, maybe FIU and... was the 98 one. I remember FIU like surprised everybody got to the final. And maybe the final. 95. 95 oh, okay. FIU. Gotcha. And, and, gotcha. and no, 96. 96 was FIU because I was recruited FIU. And I remember we lost to them in the quarterfinals. And they went to a, ah, they went to the gross. final four. And uh, I was actually down. I was thinking, I made, did I make a right decision college-wise? Should I yeah. win there? Should I, you know what I mean? Like that kind of crossed my mind. And, you know, just, you know just lost. And they were in that the year who won it? I think Duke or St. John's. That yeah, was I'm Duke, St. John's, and I think FIU. And so it was. A... Yeah. I went to every one of those. Like we, it was like four or five years in a row. Richmond, you know, like City Stadium in Richmond hosted the. That final. was awesome. That setup was, was awesome. What a cool thing! And we were kids. I was a high school kid or a middle school going to high school, yeah. and I like my dad was like, all right, let's go. We, we'd only go to the final four. We went because it was always that day off. And then you guys would play on the Sunday or the Monday yeah. or whatever it was. We would always go down and watch both college soccer games. It was cold and terrible, but it was awesome. If that, cool I mean, 16, yeah. 17,000, you know, 18,000 yep. pack house. Cool. You know what I mean? You look like it. There is a crowd. You know what I mean? It, it was awesome. Yeah. It was great yeah. experience. Great cool. Event. It's cool to play in there. We actually do, we do scrimmages in there uh, in our preseason. We'll we'll play a lot of games in that bowl, and it's just in a bowl, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's a cool venue. That was great. That was great. I loved it out there. My my last year, we went to um, Charlotte, and we played in a hundred thousand seat stadium where we had eighteen thousand and looks empty, you know. Yeah. With the football lines, and um, I mean, right. they made it, and I I really. Uh, Richmond was awesome just because it was a closed-in environment. You got fans; they right on top of you, right. and uh, made a made a good good event. Um, good grass field too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. It was good. So it's yeah. cool. Um, geez, yeah. you have to drop off. Uh, I got a couple more minutes. If you have one more, okay. you yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk about uh, getting drafted and what that was like, and and uh, you know where that took you. So. I mean, my numbers were pretty good in college, so I had a, you know, I was uh, was pretty much in contact with, uh, with 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 people who are, you know, I was getting calls from agents who wants to uh, go places, and uh, even at that time, um, I got called from Shakhtar Donetsk. I don't know if you guys uh, yeah. familiar, which is now is a top team in Ukraine. They kind of overpassed Dynamo because they have a owner who has a lot of money. 
so I got called in in that in that my senior year, and and um, they were asking me if I want to come to Ukraine, and I was scared to be honest with you. I became a little bit more American. I want to stay here, and uh, the reason I didn't go really because I did not have a uh, green card at that time. So if I would not make it, I would be left back in Ukraine, and then would be a hard time to come back. Which MLS was uh, promising me at the time is 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 uh, when they drafted me was number one thing is to get my green card to make sure I'm staying here. Um, drafted, uh, I don't know. Went to the draft and got picked. That that's how I look at this thing. But uh, you know, all my work was done in college, so I put myself in a situation to be in that in that uh, to be one of those picks. Um, so, I mean. Not much, but my, my career did not last as much as I wanted. That that was one little bit disappointment because I um, I did injure it. Uh, my first year was pretty healthy, uh, pretty good. You know, um, quite quite a bit of an appearance for a rookie. You know, put put a couple goals. You know, uh, had assists, had some impactful games, and then in the second season, got a um, new coach came in and uh, the guy who actually drafted all of us. Uh, Kind of change things. That's how it works in the game of football, right? You got coach, you got you got your players, whatnot. Um, I was not the easiest person to deal with. Also, yeah, had a little bit of a not hot headed, but you know, was I work for that to be in a hot head? That's that's how I, I I put it to the kids nowadays. You know what I mean? I was a difficult person to uh, to coach, but uh, you know, I work for it. You know what I mean? Like uh, I would be on a training ground proving myself to them. So I got traded into after my second year. I got traded to uh, Chicago, which I had a pretty pretty significant injury. Uh, playing in preseason in Portugal, we played Porto. I got uh, knee hurt, and then after that, my career never was the same. I never mm-hmm. recovered. I recovered. I got I got released from MLS, and uh, they would sign me and they loaned me to every A League team until I got my uh, my my uh, green card, which they did stick with what they promised me, getting me a green card by. Um, keeping that keeping the sponsorship for for until the moment I got my green card. So, uh, which was my professional career longer and whatnot because that's all I was dream of, you know. Um, but again, you gotta stay healthy in this game. After the knee surgery, I was never the same. I mean, that followed by triple hernia a couple of years later, and you know the body broke down. I mean, if I had probably people with nutritionists and everything else the way they are, clubs are now, I'd probably be in a different different situation. Uh, because even at that time, MLS, you would have strength and conditioning coach, but it was voluntary to go and see him in the gym, you know, uh, which I did a couple of times. You would have a, not a, have a necessarily a proper um, a training training grounds, which the, every team has now. Uh, they have meals, they have breakfast, they have everything. It was At that time, you know, league was pretty young. We would do a lot of this stuff on your own, which I would not change it. I loved it. I loved my uh, my experience. I loved my my teammates. You know, um, so yeah. uh, that's just how it was. You know, in the first couple of years of the league. Now you look at this. These guys got training facilities. They got breakfast. They got lunch. They got dinner if they want it. You know, you have freaking masseuses every day. You got you, you name it. These guys got they, they got it. They, you know, even homegrown kids making decent money. We were playing mm-hmm. for. For the love at that time, you know, we were not making a lot unless you were a, a big time signings in, or unless you have in your contract in a couple of years that you start making money. But you know that that's how MLS was at the time. But and it was right. hard to make it at the time. Also, we only had ten teams, so the the volume of players was not was not as big. If you have to be pretty 
pretty good player to uh, to be on the roster at that time. Sure. So, you know, um, again, I wish it was a little bit longer, but it, the way it goes sometimes, you know. Yeah. So, and me, me too. I, I wish my pro career lasted uh, long. I, I got a nasty blister right before the draft, and those could be painful, you know, if you've got a blood deep ones, you know. It, I right. mean, I had a couple of those, you know, you have to sit out a couple of games. <laughs> yeah. So, Alexi, um, you talked about being difficult to deal with, you know, as a player. Um, you think that's kind of essential for, for a good goal scorer to be a little bit, I don't know, Ronaldo-esque, so to speak? You know, just, I mean, that's obviously the most famous one that is a little bit uh, difficult. Yeah, you know, it, it's not just for a goal scorer. I feel like there is people in different roles, you know. You have to, I, I can't. It's just, uh, I don't know, the character, you know what I mean? I did not, I was a poor loser. I mean, I'm sorry, but I was terrible in losing. I mean, I, even, even when I start coaching, I stop coaching when I become very slow. I stop training with the guys when I become very slow, much slower, because I would start blading people and I start kicking people because if the other team was winning, I had no level of saying, <laughs> okay, this, you are coach now. No, I'm, I'm training. I'm going to. You know what I mean? And that's how I was a player. I was, you know, it was just the, if I lost, I would not talk. Like my, my, my American family, I remember coming to the games and they were praying that the team won number one. And they were praying that I would score a goal. Otherwise, would game on Friday and Saturday because at college at that time we play back-to-back days or, or Friday and Sunday. If we do not get a result on Friday, they would not see me until Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would just not talk to them. I, I said, I'm disaster. Don't talk. You know what I mean? I'm going to be, uh, I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm in this, I'm in a state of mind that I need to be ready for Sunday. I'm angry. I got to get myself. And, and that's as far as I was difficult, but then it's that just how I was. That just how I was raised, you know, that the winning was a, such a, like a drug to me that there was, uh, I mean, I affected people, loved ones, you know what I mean? And, and it's sometimes like, yeah, I was an asshole because of that. But they understood. If the people understood that and they see why you made it, why they probably want some certain things that that uh, because we did have that chip. I mean, coach Jerry Yegley is probably one of the greatest coaches in college environment. He he one day he was trying to play me out of position, not out of position. He wanted to put the best players on the field. And instead of playing me up top, he put me as a wide midfielder and we played in three, five, two systems. And at that time, I just said, you know, in my mind, I played it. I give the team everything I get, but I was not happy. I was not happy. He came in and said, shook my hand and said, oh, I look at you. You can do this job. And I I, I, I was pissed because <laughs> I wanted that. You know what I mean? And I said to him, you can play me. I'll do the job. But I'm the best forward you have on this team. Mm. I'm the best forward. Season started. He played me up top and whatnot. We go through the... You know, my, you know, uh, that was my junior year because he did. We had another, we had three guys up top that could conclude the job and he wanted all squeezes, all of us in, in the lineup. And then uh, he actually, after we graduated, we sat down and talk and he said, you know what, you know what, what do I know? You know, look at you, I trying to play you there and you end up banning all these goals for me. You know what I mean? At the, at the most important times. So he is even that, you know, but, you know, I think it's a coach. He loved it. Mm-hmm. I think he loved it. He might not like the way I said it, maybe whatnot, but when he got home, he's like, fucking, I know, I know, you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, he lo- He was like that. He was, you know what I mean? Where, 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 you know, 
is is you know he was disciplinary you know he was when he talked everything stopped you know what i mean he was very motivational you know yeah um, everybody on the staff you know john trask and mike freitick they were all really good even ernie was the goalkeeper coach they were all good as far as what the roles are you know what i mean they were demanding as far as that but so as difficult as that yeah i was telling somebody just recently that story that's why i was on my mind that you know i don't know if i want to coach somebody like me or my friend dima kovalenko or yuri lavrinenko those three guys we went we were difficult they were difficult you know what i mean as far as um as far as to deal with but we did the job on the field and we did yeah. the job in training we did the job um individually you know what i mean so like uh if i said something like this i have something because i was have a backing of it you know what i mean we have yeah. some guys will come to the office and ask for a playing time and i said okay keep working on this and this they'll do it for the next couple of days and that they'll disappear mm-hmm. they think okay oh i showed it to you i did it you know well that's not how it works right things maybe take months then but they might maybe, maybe take a little bit of development you know and those of them who stick with that and i had said see that we had some guys that continue coming what i need to do you apply you apply the guy keep working keep working and then next thing you know wow he's our best player why yeah. because he are stuck with the what was messaged to him and he actually worked on it yeah so that's yeah i imagine just the way you approach things and the attitude you had raised the level of i mean obviously it wasn't there but it raised and everyone else felt it and felt like they had to match that that, Nobody that wanted to be in the locker room after we won because we would talk so much trash. I say that, <laughs> but that was that was a mount. Let's yeah. say we were three roommates. We were in our, our second year. We were all Ukrainians lived together. I mean, if I was on the opposite team, like let's say Dima and I, we were we were very close at that time. If me lost to him or opposite, there is one was doesn't talk, pissed off, and you know the other ones antagonizing. <laughs> Have a great yeah. night tonight, kid. You know, and that type of stuff. Then we will yeah. go home, we play cards, and that's the same thing over. Whoever <laughs> lost, we'll just freaking in the mind. It was not just a game, it was a losing in, in the freaking rocks, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, um, Alexi, we've had you on here for over an hour now. Um, we'll be respectful of your time. Um, and really, really appreciate you sharing all your all your stories and your insights and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I want to say that I'm looking forward for this group of UIC guys, though. I, I want to, I know we talk about me and my, but uh, as far as a coach, uh, I like the character of this team. And I, I think, I think I'm looking forward, like Monday cannot come soon enough, you know, yeah. um, with these kids, you know, um, it's about them. Whatever my career was, it's never, it's about right. them nowadays. And, um, you know, I, I'm actually looking forward because, uh, I think we might have something special going this year. So I, I hope I hope they understand the significance of what we're doing over here and uh, get them get them going this year. But yeah. um, UIC, UIC, people might be hearing this year about about this program. And it all started with your guy, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David Marmon, Strength That's and right. Conditioning. That's right. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely be keeping track of you guys and uh, – Really, really appreciate you coming on. Anytime you guys need some help with anything, um, Justin, if you collaborate on some coaching, I would love to learn from you. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, if you have a questions, anything else, uh, it's, you know, my phone is is there. You know what I mean? It, like I said, it's, it's, 
it's like I said, like you were telling me about it within a couple of phone calls, we can reach to each other. So, right. you know what I mean? It, it is, we are in the same, same boat. We are trying to help these young, young kids to uh, get to their dreams or, you know, help their experience at what they have right now. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Best of luck to you this season Thanks, and uh, stay healthy through the preseason and, Thanks. and we'll definitely be keeping up with you. And I'm, I'm sure I'll see you out recruiting somewhere and we'll, For sure. we'll, uh, we'll share some stories. Scott, Justin, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. See you. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Trail. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it beneficial. Again, please remember to subscribe and review our podcast and follow us on social media. Also, send any comments or questions through matchplayrecruit.com. See you on the trail.